Here's the big question. Quick in the game podcast. If you're looking to change your family tree, redefine an industry, reach new limits, or live an unconventional life, how are, how are you setting yourself up to guarantee this will happen? This podcast is going to cut through all the cliche, cookie cutter, and conventional recommendations about finance, business, and life, and give you the tips you need to get the outcomes you want while playing your game. I'm Dan Nicholson, and this is, is, is the Rigging the Game podcast. Rigging the Game Welcome to the Rigging the Game podcast. I'm Dan Nicholson, and this is episode one, my origin story. This is where I'm going to talk about who the heck I am and also tell you why I started this podcast to begin with and what we're actually going to cover uh, in upcoming episodes. So I guess just to start off with, who the heck am I? So if you can imagine a painfully, painfully shy kid, that was that was me. And uh, I was that way for most of my childhood. Really, uh, it wasn't until college where I really started to come out of out of my shell. And and I don't know how much of that was uh, just my own uh, uh, biochemistry at play, or some elements. You know, my parents are also shy, and most of my family is shy. So there's always that nature versus like nurture element to it. But I had a you know, speech problem growing up, and just like the worst imaginable teeth that you could imagine, and so. Uh, that also kind of comes into play of just being very, very hyper aware of, of, uh, of the speech challenges that I had and, and, uh, my teeth. And I had this thing called tongue thrust, which basically is, uh, when I swallow instead of my, the, my tip of my tongue going to the roof of my mouth, like a normal person, it wants to push, push out. And so that's what kind of contributed to having really bad teeth. So I actually had to relearn as a teenager how to swallow correctly so I could finally get my uh, my braces off. So that nece- didn't necessarily help as a shy kid to have all this stuff kind of kind of going on. But among sort of the imagining the painfully shy kid, I was also the kid, and this may seem like kind of a contradiction, and that's somewhat of a theme in my life, I guess, of these kind of competing competing priorities. But I was also, if you can imagine, the kid always scheming on business ideas. That was me as as well. And I can remember from a really, really early age pitching my parents on a bunch of different business ideas and, and also trying to convince them, I think when I was seven, that I should get a paper route. Because when I was walking to school, I ran the numbers on how much money I thought I could make uh, running a paper route. And uh, at the time, a couple hundred bucks seemed like a massive amount of money. Uh, and so my parents said, okay, hey, you can't have a paper route until you're thir- 13. It's too much responsibility. So when I was 13 or almost 13, I, you know, hey, what's up? Uh, you said I could get a paper route, so game on. And uh, and I did. And that was just sort of this ongoing uh, theme in my life of always kind of looking for uh, opportunities to, to start, uh, start a business. And it's, again, kind of a weird thing because it's also shy. And so there's this competitiveness that I had. And I was trying to figure out how do I actually, like, exist in the world and, and uh, really unleash this. This, uh, this shyness. So if you fast forward to college, uh, I started out as a marketing major, and uh, that may seem uh, funny when I say that I ended up as an, as an accounting major, because for most folks, those seem like two uh, entirely different disciplines, but both within kind of the context of, of business. So I ended up getting this accounting degree and then also an information systems degree because I thought those would be the broadest skill set to ultimately start a business. Not necessarily thinking that I would start an accounting firm, which is what I ultimately did. Uh, and then I graduated and went in kind of the exact opposite direction of being entrepreneurial. 
and uh, got nominated for a fellowship at the board that writes all the accounting standards. Uh, this is called uh, there's these two boards: FASB Financial Accounting Standards Board and GASB Governmental Accounting Standards Board. So moved to uh, Norwalk, Connecticut, just outside of New York City, and I did this fellowship and worked on this accounting standard around derivatives and hedging activities. And so that whole concept for most entrepreneurs, when I say derivatives and hedging activities, uh, there's like this kind of visceral cringe of like, oh, that sounds that sounds uh, complicated and, and a little bit uh, not fun, especially when I explain that part of the underpinnings of uh, the accounting standard is this term contemporaneous documentation, which also has to be like the least entrepreneurial term that exists, contemporaneous documentation. And so I was in this fellowship and there were six other uh, fellows uh, in the program as well, also uh, recent college graduates, all from the top like six accounting programs. And I'm from this uh, Jesuit school called Seattle University, which nobody else had heard of at the time. And uh, again, just felt kind of really out of place. I'm the first at the time college graduate in my entire family. My sister recently, uh, which I'm super proud of, went back and, and finished her degree, but first college graduate. And uh, here I am with all these other folks who went to the like, number one through number six accounting programs. And their parents are CFOs of uh, top global uh, insurance companies and the top cardiologist and uh, so on and so forth. And then here I am sort of, like I said, first first college graduate. And so it was an interesting uh, experience for me, somewhat of like a, a coming of age moment a bit. And also I found that I was uh, kind of miserable during that whole process. And here I am in this huge career inflection opportunity it's sort of, if I were an attorney, this would be the legal equivalent of clerking for the Supreme Court. And so looking great on the resume and I'm finding myself just totally miserable. Like this, this uh, in my head a bunch, but also just not enjoying the work. The people that I was surrounded by at the board were awesome and super welcoming. And I felt like I was really part of the team, but at the same point, I was just, just not into it. And I didn't understand why, uh, because in my head up to this point, it's like it's just about like hustle and trying my hardest and uh, taking on every challenge and I should be grateful for every opportunity that I get and that's sort of this weird contradiction then of feeling really unsatisfied. It was the, kind of the first opportunity that I had had taken on that I didn't have this like burning flame or burning desire to do it. It took me a few years to really figure that out. So I finished up the fellowship. I I moved back to Seattle and typically everybody else in the program moved to New York City or Chicago, and they moved into these groups that kind of just hired uh, recent fellows from the program that's in. And here I am moving back to Seattle, and everyone's kind of going like, what the heck are you doing? Move back to Seattle, work for one of these big global firms, Deloitte, and uh, I'm thinking that I'm going to be in more of a consulting role. And uh, it turns out, basically, I'm the derivatives guy, because I worked on the derivatives accounting standard, and I'm doing the work that I probably would have done if I moved to New York or Chicago like everyone else. I'm just doing it in Seattle. And uh, getting some great exposure, but again, feeling kind of miserable. And, uh, and so I started changing jobs every couple of, couple of years. Uh, moved to an internal accounting role for a company that was getting ready to go public. And then I worked in strategic finance, and then I worked in this tax role. And so I was still always kind of in the same accounting finance tax kind of realm, because I had this this weird sort of dynamic in my head of like, why am I so ungrateful? I'm doing for all external, for, for most folks, they're, they're going like, hey, this is, 
your career's really taken off and you've got all these opportunities and you're making a bunch of money and, and I just sort of wanted to give it all up and continue to have all these uh, one-off business ideas. And then finally, about nine years ago, I, I embraced the fact that, hey, I'm pretty good at this accounting finance tax thing. I think there's an opportunity to do something different in the accounting finance CPA space. And so that was ultimately the underpinning of starting this, uh, this firm that I, I run called Nth Degree CPAs. And uh, we were just recently uh, ranked as one of the top 10 mid-sized firms in, in the U.S. Uh, in terms of the way that we our, our overall f- uh, performance as a firm. So uh, various measures, we're doing really well. And as some context, there's 42,000 accounting firms in the U.S. So we've, we've, uh, we've grown our firm fairly substantially, but it's all been under this lens that I don't consider myself an accountant. And so I have all these uh, credentials. I'm a CPA. I've helped write an accounting standard, so on and so forth, but I don't consider myself to be an accountant. And uh, I usually introduce myself as a non-conventional accountant, and people go, what, what the heck does that mean? But I, I always have this cringe when someone calls me a CPA or calls me an accountant, because really, I think of myself as, as an entrepreneur more than anything. And so that sort of leads me to this whole idea of rigging the game. And so to me, if you're going to start a business, why not rig the game to win? Why not set yourself up to get the outcomes that you want while playing your style? So in this case, my style is I don't consider myself to be a CPA. I consider myself to be really competitive. And uh, also, I consider myself to be always very focused on self-improvement and kind of getting out of the shyness that I've experienced in the past or continue to experience. So how do I set myself up to get the outcomes that I want uh, in life and in business? I hate that saying of it's just it's it's just business. It's not personal. No, for most of us running a small to medium-sized company, uh, you can't separate business from from personal. So I want to get the outcomes that I want, and uh, that's really been what I've been motivated over the last ten years, almost ten years, running this uh, accounting firm. Is how do I transcend this idea of an, being an accountant? How do I scratch my entrepreneurial itch? How do I redefine what it means to be an, uh, an, an accountant and run an accounting firm while still uh, scratching my own itch and things that I'm interested in outside of, of work, like my family and being present as a dad to my kids, participating in endurance sports that I'm really passionate about. Seahawks, I live in Seattle, so really passionate about the Seahawks, still really upset about the Sonics not being here anymore. That's a whole other tangent that I could go on and on about for, for hours and hours. But So this podcast is about how do we, how do we uh, rig the game to win? How do we get the outcome that, that we want uh, in all scenarios while playing our game? So we don't want to have to compromise and uh, make exceptions. We want to play our style. And so over the years, I've developed a series of principles to, uh, to rig the game to win. And uh, I've developed some, some methodologies on how to figure out what my style is and figure out what other people's styles are in business so that we can lean into that. And so over this upcoming episodes, I'm gonna be talking more and more about how you rig the game to win, uh, both from my vantage point and sharing and unpacking the principles that I've learned as I've gone through this journey, but also talking to other uh, experts in a wide range of industries. So this isn't just about finance and money. This is about rigging the game in all aspects. So I'm going to have coaches, consultants, business owners in a wide range of categories talking about how they've rigged the game to win and their business and their life and talk about their style because we have, there's a broad range of styles that you can have 
uh, in life and in business. So we're going to talk about their style, how they figure that out, how they lean into that, and how they make sure that, that they always stay authentic to that. So that's the Rigging the Game podcast. Thanks for tuning in and look forward to uh, having you show up to uh, future episodes. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rigging the Game podcast. You can find show notes and much, much more at www.riggingthegame.com. And remember, you get to set the rules for how you play this game of life. So if you make the rules, why not rig the game to win?